0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball fanatics, I got Dan Rivera in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at Dan Rivera 228 And I also have Mackenzie Rivers in the house as well. You guys can find him at mackenrivers. And, and you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Going to talk some Friday college basketball and NBA. I'm going to start out here with Dan Rivera. His fight in IPFWs are going to be on our card for today. we got Cleveland State at IPFW. IPFW will be plus five and a half, a home underdog total of 141. Dan, the floor is yours. Cleveland State, IPFW, your alma mater. Which way are you going to go?
1: Well, it wouldn't be right to go out with the end of the year Horizon League. This is the last weekend of Horizon League regular season play, so we need to talk about how bad IPFW is. About a month ago, I tweeted out about how awesome this IPFW team was. Sleepy, I know I texted you a couple times talking about how IPFW was hitting some ungodly three point percent Well, I used my Twitter magical powers on IPFW, and they haven't won a single game since that tweet. So... IPFW is 11th in the Horizon League. They're new to the Horizon League this year. And this comes down pretty much to motivation to me. IPFW, very subpar season. They didn't end the way they started. They're struggling in Horizon League. They really want to make a nice impact on Horizon League first year in the conference, but that's not happening anymore. Cleveland State, meanwhile, is tied for first in the conference with Wright State. And Cleveland State needs to win both these games to clinch the Horizon League Conference title, regular season title at least. And Wright State goes to Northern Kentucky, and that should be a relatively back-and-forth game. To me, Sleepy it just comes down to motivation. Does IPFW want to play anymore since they haven't won a game in over a month now? And does Cleveland State want to take care of business here? They did already play once this year. They actually played twice this year at IPFW, and Cleveland State took care of business there. I like Cleveland State here to stay motivated to cover the minus five and a half. And I think this line is good up to minus six with most of you guys listening to it by then. Give me Cleveland State minus five and a half by price minus six.
0: All right. Way to jinx your alma mater there, Dan. He's going to go ahead. He's going to take Cleveland State. Let's jump over to some NBA and then we'll wrap up here with Dan later on with a Denver at UMKC game. I want to go ahead. I want to talk about the Jazz and Clippers on Friday. As of right now, we have an early line out. Jazz minus two and a half. There is no total for this game. Uh, These teams just played. Utah went ahead. They beat the Clippers 114-96, to but the Clippers were shorthanded. No Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. I'm curious if the Utah can go ahead and keep this streak going right now. 20-1 and run. This is one of the most impressive runs we've seen in the NBA uh, for quite some time. Mackenzie, I'll let you go ahead and talk about the Jazz and Clippers. I had mentioned right now minus two and a half is the line. So I guess they're going to assume Kawhi Leonard might go. Let's say Kawhi does go for this game. What would you make this line? Do you
2: agree with the two and a half? Well, if Kawhi goes, yes, two and a half sounds about right. But this is a little wrinkle that just came across my Twitter feed. Paul George has actually also been upgraded to questionable. So the line might be two and a half. It might be closer to pick them. If not, the Clippers favored considering both of those players go. So I'm looking at the Clippers because of that right now.
0: All right, so let's say let's say
2: Kawhi plays, let's say Paul George plays. Uh, it sounds like you're going to make your lineup pick them. Is that correct? I'd actually have the Clippers favored, favored by one probably, just slightly worse than the than the Jazz. Home court is one and a half, so I'd make it one. All right, good. I I don't
0: want to disagree with you with that. I think I think at some point, at least over probably you know this long streak, that the Jazz were actually being undervalued. But I have a feeling, you know, as they come off the win against the Clippers, that if if PG and Kawhi do play in this game, that maybe they'll actually be slightly overpriced because, you know, it has become like a mainstream media thing uh, over probably the last few days. And I think the public, you know, they have no problem jumping on on hot streaks. And and we know that, you know, being in the business that we're in, you know, for me it's – I don't want to step in front of this Jazz team. It doesn't matter really who's on the floor – Uh, because they're just playing so well. If you go back to the last game, though, when the Clippers played the Jazz, I mean, if you look at the box score, three-point percentage for the Jazz was only 32.5%. That team's shooting like 40% on the year. They shot 42% from the field, which is well below their average as well. So uh, you can actually go and you could be like, all right, cool. They won the game by 18 against the Clippers without Paul George, without Kawhi. But believe it or not, the Utah Jazz actually didn't play um one of their better games out of this you know twenty and one run. I wonder if that's a concern. Maybe they were just a little deflated, the fact that, you know, they didn't think they were going to get much of a test. Now you actually like a wager in this game. I don't disagree with it. If we go back to the last game in the first and second quarter, the Clippers actually outplayed the Jazz. It took the Jazz, you know, that second half to go ahead and get their motor running. So one of the wagers you were going to look at, maybe you were going to take the Clippers in the first period so let's just say Paul George and Kawhi come in. Let's say that you're right. Uh maybe that this line shifts and the Clippers end up minus one. Will you still go ahead and look at the Clippers in that situation.
2: Yes. I'm a bet the Clippers plus a half in the first quarter as soon as I see the line available here in Vegas. If George end up ends up playing, I'll like it all the way to Clippers minus a half, which in the first quarter uh obviously is, you know, a huge, a huge difference in the spread there. And you said a few things that I want to touch on really quickly. One is this is a great sign of the times. The fact that, yes, they're twenty and one straight up in ATS, and this week, this was the week that everyone in the in the larger sense, especially with football being over, started to uh, learn about this story and learn about the Jazz. You heard about on a, on PTI every day. the The streak that they actually broke, the nineteen and one ATS streak that they broke, the all time record up to that point, was the twenty fourteen Hawks. And I was a huge NBA fan, NBA media fan at the time. I don't think I knew or I don't think anyone I knew knew that the Hawks, they knew they were good. They knew that they were exceeding expectations, but 19 and one against the spread, the fact that sports betting is such a bigger deal in the zeitgeist and in media today, we can see just in how much the story is covered. And you're right. I think they're going to be slightly overvalued um, in the near term, but I think they're like a perfectly constructed team. I think maybe not, maybe not overvalued, maybe just correctly valued with all the hype that they're getting because they remind me of the 2004 Pistons. They are five players, some of them B, some of them B+, maybe one or two A- in Gobert and Mitchell in this case. But they're just perfect for their role, and that's what basketball is about. It's got to fit together like a puzzle, as Charles Barkley recently said, and and they're a perfect testament to that. But I do like the Clippers. I think considering that uh, you know Kawhi, here's the top four players by net rating, a great all-in-one stat. Two are Jazz, two are Clippers. Probably my two favorite teams to watch right now. Mike Conley's one, Rudy Gobert's two. When they're on the court, Jazz are outscoring them by like 16 points a game. Third and four, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So the Clippers, they're 21-9 and right now. When they've had their main two guys, and it's been rare, they've just been dominant, almost as dominant as this historic Jazz team. So uh, especially because it's a revenge factor game, the Jazz – You made a great point that they probably were a little let down, by the fact they didn't have a real opponent in the first half, losing that first half to the undermanned Clippers team by five. Now I think it's the same situation where it's hard to get up to that peak motivation level like the Clippers will be trying to knock down this juggernaut on this historic run. So I think the revenge factor helps us here, and I'm looking at the last 22 games where we have a revenge scenario. Those teams are 12-10 and ATS, not bad, you know, about 50%. But they're fifteen and seven in the first quarter, so that's really when you see that revenge factor be at its strongest. Fifteen and seven against the spread, first quarter NBA teams in a revenge spot. So for those reasons, gotta say I'm, I'm like Shark Tank now. For those reasons, I'm out. No, for those reasons, I like the Clippers first quarter plus a half. All right, sounds like a pretty good wager to me. Why don't we talk a little bit about the Jazz though,
0: and and you know how how is this team actually getting it done? I mean these these streaks don't. They don't come along often, you know. You mentioned going back to that Hawks team. Was that the Hawks team when, like Schroeder and Corver, and uh, I think maybe it was Prince or somebody?
2: Was that was that the team that 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 put that good run together? I think it was a little bit before the team you're you're talking about. That was uh the the Bucks coach now, Coach, coach Budenholzer. That was like his breakout year. He was always with the Spurs, but he had his first you know chance on his own team. And uh, yeah, that was Joe Johnson, Al Horford. Uh, that was that team. Jeff Teague, I think that was his first year as a starter, and yeah, there were 62 and 20 team that had no chance of beating anybody in the playoffs. In my mind, I don't think the Jazz are that. I don't think they're a paper tiger. I think they actually could upset the Lakers or the Clippers very easily in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that Hawks team now, now that you
0: mentioned. I remember they they couldn't seem to get past the they couldn't seem to get past LeBron. Um, it was just a team that you know they were built they were. They kind of reminded me of like the Bucks, like they were built just to, you know, to, to win in the regular season, maybe win a playoff uh, series. But then they, they're just going to get uh, pretty much over the hump. You know, we're talking about this jazz team, though. I mean, when you when you look at them overall, what what can you pretty much just point your finger at and say, you know, this is the reason why, you know, that they're having this much success. I mean, are they beating bad teams? Yeah, they're beating a bunch of bad teams, but they're blowing them out. And are they beating good teams? Yes, they are. They're doing that as well and they're blowing those teams out as well. Uh, they've won now 18 out of their last like 21 games by double digits. Um, that's not by mistake. That's that's by design, and that's by you know executing the game plan. But if you look at this Jazz team overall, if you could pinpoint one thing and say, you know what, this is why they're getting it done. This is why this streak has been uh, this impressive up to thus far. What would you probably say that is?
2: Hard to pinpoint one thing because they've built on what they've excelled at. 2 years ago they were you know not a team that could compete with the warriors but they were one of the best defensive teams in the league last year they added three point shooting they were the number 1 three point shooting team in the league last year so now you got defense and three point shooting this year i think the main difference is mike conley's just comfortable him and donovan mitchell that 1 2 in the backcourt are as good as anybody right now and if if you know if you're not stressed if you don't have anxiety about when you're going to get opportunities or when you should shoot you just play so much smoother more under control you know we see how Kemba Walker is struggling this year as a former all-star Mike Conley it's the exact opposite scenario he's finally you know feeling good in his skin and I think that's the biggest difference this year that uh, combination with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell so let me throw one thing out here other day now you mentioned smooth Uh, actually smooth and I
0: we actually did a, uh, a podcast the other day and it came down to where I think it was a six man of the year award and I'm like you know if there's any type of wager that we might be able to make um it might be that maybe it was a defensive player of the year actually it was defensive player of the year so I'm gonna throw two wagers at you here and you just tell me if there's any value in them um if we want to go ahead and attack them now number one let's do six man of the year this is one of the biggest reasons why I actually think the jazz are rolling right now and it's six man off the bench Jordan Clarkson Uh, he had like 40 points the other day uh in that win just most recently against the Clippers he had 18 points uh, shooting a lot off the bench. I mean, he's really picking up any of the points that they need because of Mitchell being off the floor or Ingles or Bogdanovich or whoever it might be. Uh, Clarkson right now minus 305 to win the six-man-of-the-year award. Now, let me throw a couple other guys at you. You got Chris Boucher at 6-1, to one, Gordon at 6-1, to one, Eric Gordon, Montrez Harrell at 20-1, to one, Terrence Ross 20-1, to one, and then you're going further on down the list, guys like Drogic, Halliburton, Milton, uh, even Lou Wills on there at like 50-1. to one. I personally, I think if Clarkson can go ahead and continue and the Jazz go ahead and continue that even at minus 305, yeah, there's a ton of juice there. I think the only thing that derails us here from going ahead and cashing a ticket on Clarkson at this type of a price, obviously, if he gets hurt. But do you see anybody else maybe within striking range of, of Clarkson to go ahead and take that take that award away from him right now?
2: No, I don't. I think Clarkson's a prohibitive favorite. You look at the other guys, Boucher. Gordon I mean the Rockets were a nice story for like three games after the Harden trade but I just don't see the narrative there he's about as good as he's ever been though like you said the only real reservation is if Jordan Clarkson gets hurt literally like in the next two weeks well well that that would obviously end his chances but if he plays 60 70 percent of the season at least I think he takes it home so make your own decision but if you think Clarkson is if you look at his health history and you think he's gonna you know Strong favorite to play most of these games. I think he's a good wager at minus three hundred.
0: Yeah. And it I mean, you know, it's minus three hundred, and we generally don't like going ahead and laying those prices. I don't want to say a lock, but when you're looking at like a pretty much a surefire guy to go ahead and win that award, and if it comes down to injury, um, I think you go ahead and make that defensive player of the year was another one that Smooth and I talked about. Uh Rudy Gobert is the favorite right now at minus one forty. Second place is gonna be Miles Turner. I don't think they're gonna give it to a pacer. I could see Ben Simmons maybe getting it. He's at five to one. Anthony Davis at 6-1, to one, but we know Davis is going to end up missing a bunch of time here. I think it's going to take a lot for him to go ahead and take that award. And then you have big-name guys like Giannis and Bede who are being mentioned in the MVP. They're both slated at 14-1, to one, and then you got to go even further on down the list. Uh, it's just a massive cliff dive here. Draymond Green, 80-1, and Bam Adebayo at like 100-1. to one. I would say it's probably Rudy Gobert's award to lose he's not a guy who typically gets hurt a lot. And with miles Turner sitting at three to one, I think the story, you know, is going to favor Gobert. But I also think it's just Gobert in general that, you know, he's, he's done really well with these defensive player of the year awards in the past. I just don't see how he loses this one. I think it would take, you know, really something special, maybe from Ben Simmons at five to one, maybe a Giannis or an Embiid or Anthony Davis to go ahead and, and take that award away from. Him, I feel like, you know, some of these awards already are are, are kind of cinched up, but I feel like there is value right now, some big value with Gobert at minus 140. If they continue to go ahead and, and keep this run going, McKenzie, uh, we know they got to play the Lakers. We know they got to play the Heat in Miami, and then they got the Clippers here on Friday. You know, if they go through and they win these three games, a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, Gobert did his job against, you know, guys like, Bam Adebayo, who I just mentioned, guys like, you know, LeBron James and and other players. Do you feel like that that's probably a
2: decent wager to make as well? Complete agreement. Minus 140. You, you need to win about 58% of the time. Uh, I have a couple more thoughts on it, but let me just ask you really fast. When, when you and Smoove were looking at it, what was the line? It was exactly the
0: same. It has it moved in the last, I want to say, two days is the last time
2: Smoove and I actually spoke about that. Wow, that's shocking to me because I feel like in the last two days, the Jazz's profile has increased like 25% just by continuing it 19, 20, and 1. So I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, And you say, well, one of these players would have to do something special. You can't really do anything that special on defense. You could get six blocks in a game, but it's not really – it's not like scoring 80 points. It's not really going to make you know front-page news the next morning. So, you know – People are recognizing this historic jazz team. Someone's gonna get the credit for it. Why not the rock, the foundation, the centerpiece that's been there the whole time as they've built and built and built? So I think Rudy it's definitely Rudy Gobert's award to lose. Minus one forty seems like a great bet. And and if they beat the Heat and the Clippers again and the Lakers, in a week's time this is gonna be like minus two fifty.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think the only thing that you can do that's, you know, special to probably win that award. You know, as you start to approach the playoffs, as you, you know, you do something defensively, maybe a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid that, you know, put you in the number one seating where it was just like these guys, you know, held teams under under 100 points and they went out and they just, you know, absolutely dominated. And, and they have to be in that conversation. And as of right now, you know, minus 140 for Gobert and the next closest guy uh, being Miles Turner at three to one who I don't want to just throw him aside and say that, you know, he doesn't deserve you know, it even be in the conversation, but, but he doesn't. <laughs> true. True. I, I, I honestly, won't, I don't believe he he deserves to kind of be uh, in that conversation right now. So Mackenzie will go ahead. He'll give you guys the, uh, the Clippers in Utah. He'll go ahead. He'll take the Clippers uh, in the first quarter tomorrow. He's guessing somewhere, maybe around plus a point, maybe around pick them. We'll have to go ahead and see. But as I had mentioned right now, uh, that Utah jazz early line, here on Thursday night for Friday game is going to be Utah minus the two and a half points. As McKenzie had mentioned, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both listed as questionable. I think the PG news coming out. Uh, if they do play McKenzie, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the books maybe over adjust a little bit because they know that, that a lot of the public is going to be trying to ride this this jazz streak and they might try to get you know as much back as possible. Um, you know, within just just for one game, because if, if people have been riding the jazz against the books, especially as I had mentioned with these double digit blowout, Mackenzie, you actually had what what was the ATS for Utah over, you know, over this 20 games period right now, 21 game period.
2: So it always depends on the what number you get. But I think you can it's fair to say they're 19 one and one at worst or 20 and one against the spread. So that's as good as we've ever seen. That's insane. It is, right? That's insane.
0: Well, hopefully we'll go ahead and we'll be able to watch that game. Uh, We'll be able to watch that game tomorrow. Good game coming on here tonight. I plan on watching that one with the Nets and the Lakers. That should be a a pretty interesting matchup. Let's jump over to our final game here. We'll talk some college basketball with Dan. We got Denver at UMKC. UMKC, they're going to be minus 11, a total of 128 and a half. Dan, you like these junk conferences but these are the conferences that you always find the most value in, and these are the conferences in which you make the most money. Denver, UMKC, what are you thinking?
1: Well, the junk conferences got some pretty cool mascots, but I like the total under 128.5 here. This comes down to UMKC not being able to score. They are only scoring about 118, 119 points at home this year. They're 3-3 three and three overall. just look strictly at home games this year at a total of 120.5. But when you look at the three games that went over, two of them were versus South Dakota, who can put up points on the road. And those totals only hit 130. The only real game that really went over this total was versus North Dakota State. And that's when both North Dakota State and UMKC had very good shooting nights on UMKC floor. That next night, the game barely broke 100. So I think that North Dakota State was an outlier game. If you look at Denver... The one team I would compare them to in the Summit League is Omaha, and Omaha just played there last weekend, and Omaha struggled to break 50 themselves. If you look at the stats for those two, they're ranked pretty similar. the scoring pretty similar. They have pretty similar defense. If you look at the game ones, home or away, you see UMKC is only putting up 119 points per game, which is similar to their home games. But the reason why it's so low is because Sleepy UMKC is a very oddball team. This team is bottom five pace in the nation. And I think these Summit League teams who have never seen UMKC for because it's their first year in this Summit League, they came back after leaving it for a couple years. But these teams are in a bit of a shell shock just because that slow pace, slow, you know, dribble, 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 wait until the last couple seconds to shoot. I really think it's messing with a lot of these teams in the Summit League who like to go up and down. So let's take Denver. This is a team who's not very good on the road to start with. They've only averaged about 61 points per game on the road this year. And that was two games versus Western Illinois, who likes to put up points. So that's more of a running gun type team. But this Denver team is struggling themselves. When you add it up all together, you got UMKC, who's lucky to put up 65 points. and Denver, I have no faith on the road, who's struggling to break 60 points themselves. At a total of 128.5, I just think... Is you're going to require very, very efficient shooting from both sides. And I don't have faith in either side being able to do that here. So I like the under quite a bit. Now, let's say UMKC does have a good shooting night and they put up 65 points. Do I trust Denver to get 65 points? Absolutely not. So to me, Sleepy, I just think you got two dip teams at home on the road struggling to put up points. And on a total of roughly 130, in that area i don't think it comes close i think this should be closer to about 120 territory which is right in line with the numbers i've been tracking so give me under 128 and a half and this game is for friday at 8 p.m
0: all right guys well there you go another play there from dan Rivera. You got two college basketball plays from dan and one from mckenzie for your friday like to wish you guys all the best you guys can find me on twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame you can get mckenzie rivers At Mackin Rivers. You can get Dan Rivera at Dan Rivera 228, and you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on your Friday. Enjoy the games.